Hey, it's Jen. Picture it. I got my third stripe on my white belt Thursday last week, and I was super surprised, but decided it was probably in my best interest not to question my coach slash podcast co-host and just trust that she sees something that I'm not seeing. And then on the drive home, I did the whole windshield wiper thing between I'm awesome and I'm not worthy. Can you relate? Welcome to Beauty and the Gee, the podcast about jujitsu and so much more. I'm Jen Eads, a three-stripe white belt full of curiosity and questions about all things jujitsu. And I'm AJ Klingerman, a Brazilian jujitsu brown belt still obsessed with jujitsu. So I get my stripe on Thursday and then I go to noon class on Friday and it's all dudes. A lot of strong, newer white belt dudes. So for me... After camp, where there was that magical shift where I decided I need more jujitsu in my life. So I started to go to two more classes a week. And these additional two classes are mostly dudes, which is fine. I mean, I grew up in the 80s. So it's not like at the Y there was a girls basketball team. It was like there's a basketball team and it's dudes. And if you want to play, that's who you're playing with. So awesome. And there's a part of me too, that really enjoys rolling with the guys because I kind of look at it like as a way to test my technique. Is it getting better so that I can actually execute on someone that is bigger and stronger that can easily smash me? The frustration for me lies in having my deficiencies magnified about 10,000 times and then getting smothered with them. So one of the things as the curious white belt is how do I shift that mindset so that I don't immediately fall back into I suck and this is dumb. Yeah, it's definitely tough. Like you have to, I think this is a good reason to keep a notebook for one. Mm -hmm. And it's um, why my notebook has evolved so much is because now it is more like me writing down who I rolled with and what I actually accomplished or what I struggled with. And, you know, like just taking pride in the little things. Um, Like if you start to panic and you bring yourself back from that panic, just to be able to talk yourself down, like that's huge. That's not a little thing. That is huge. But, you know, like, so making notes of those small things or the times when you do pull off something uh, technique wise, or, you know, you're like, I would have gotten that sweep, but then he bench pressed me or, you know, like whatever. I mean, I guess you don't bench press from under, but you know what I mean? Like just, just the moment where you're like, he definitely had to use like big, strong boy stuff to defend that. So I think notes like that to yourself help. And then, you know, one of my girls <laughs> is in this moment where she's like, I don't feel like I'm improving in jujitsu. She's like, I'm working on all this new stuff. And it feels like, you know, I'm just constantly getting my guard passed by the white belts. Like I, I'm just really struggling. And I was like, okay, so let's do a couple things. Let's, um, I still want you to do that. Work on the new stuff. Absolutely. Like that's, what's going to help you improve. It's why you're already amazing. Cause you're always trying to add to your game, but pick your roles to where one roll a night, you're going to do all a game stuff. Like that's your MD, MDK round, right? That's our murder, death, kill round. Where you're like trying to win (laughs) and then pick one round that you do complete ridiculous stuff, like all the silly stuff that like, like a baseball bat choke or something, you know, like things that are kind of like last resort (laughs) type stuff or just goofy stuff. And then the other ones you can work on the new stuff. So then you still have that little bit of like, Oh, oh, I do know (laughs) jujitsu. And that's hard for you. Like going into a class full of a bunch of big, strong white belt dudes that you don't know. 
But then sometimes mm-hmm. it's just about like, hey, can I just drill this one sweep I've been trying to work on or this one pass or something like that and asking for what you want. Which is, I actually started doing that. That's great. Magically after camp. <laughs> That's so great. Cause it's, it's good to just be able to like actually say what you want to do. Yeah. And, you know, be like, Hey, I'm not rolling this round, but if you'd like to do something active, I'd really like me, you know, we can spend two and a half minutes drilling my thing and two and a half minutes drilling your thing. If that's what, if you want to do that. So I think that's great. I like that idea a lot. And especially cause I'm still, I can still feel that I'm not, I don't have all of my strength back on my left side and just being able to drill something feels so much better to me than like having to go another full round. Yeah. Because that's exhausting. (laughs) But then you're at least still staying active and you're using your time wisely. Like I, I get on people big time for that, for like not using their time. Like we all have such limited time on the mat. Like let's use what we can in some way or another. Like maybe you're, you are just sitting there taking notes during that time, or you're specifically watching one person and how they do things, but just making sure in some way you're using that time wisely. Is there anything else that you have found helpful in setting boundaries and managing expectations for roles? Okay. So those are kind of two different questions, right? So setting boundaries, you have to be willing to get up and walk away. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is not respecting a boundary you've set, like if you say, hey, don't go after this arm or stay away from my neck or whatever, and they do it, you know, like maybe once they start and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. That's, yeah. you know, got it. Like you, it, you slip up, you're doing jujitsu, but if they continually go for it, you have to be like, ah, we're done here. And that's always tough to do because you think like, I mean, ego kind of takes, it <laughs> takes its place there and is like, I can handle it. It's fine. I'll be fine. But you, so one, you have to be willing to set the boundary out loud and then you have to be willing to stick to it. So if they do not stick to it, you have to get up and walk away. Mm-hmm. We always joke that one and done, Kenny, right? Like, I don't know if you heard that story, but our friend Kenny, like, he's kind of known for hurting people a little bit at times. He's a black belt now. He's much better. But, you know, in his younger days, he's kind of crazy. And um, <laughs> he was rolling with Samuel Bragg. I think they were drilling at James's seminar years back. And uh, Kenny, like, kicked him in the nose or something. And Samuel just got up and was like, one and done, Kenny. That's it. You know, like, and so that kind of became like a little saying for us, you know, like, you mess up or like, all right, one and done. Like that's, you know, I'm not going to let you cross my boundaries over and over. And then the other question was setting expectations, right? Yeah. Expectations for how you'll perform in a role or how the other person will, like, what do you mean by expectations? Let's do both. Okay. So I think that, you know, it's hard when you walk into a room full of guys, you don't know. Okay. Mm -hmm. Expectation there is, this is going to be a tough day, right? Like <laughs> I'm going to be the nail today. <laughs> like, uh-huh. that's, you know, that's, that's very possible. And so just thinking ahead of time, like watching people a little bit who seems safe, just in drilling. Like if you feel like your drilling partner, isn't a safe person to roll with, don't roll with them. Knowing that like, probably I'm going to get to my guard and lock up my guard and hold someone there to slow them down. So like, that's going to be my expectation. My expectation won't be to move a bunch or try a bunch of things. Like it's just going to be lock them down. If I have to turtle, I'm on a turtle and hang out, you know, like that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to protect myself, but still get in around. Like if that's what you want to do, 
and just have the expectation of like, it's fine if they pass my guard a million times or if they smash me a little bit, it's five minutes, I can make it through, the bell's gonna ring, I'm gonna be fine. If they try to take something home with them though, that's when it's like, all right, well, I'm, I'm gonna walk away from this round. Like you're going too hard and that that's not necessary. <laughs> yeah. Expectations for them, like, I guess it kind of goes with setting those boundaries too. Like sometimes you're like, hey, I'm just getting back into training. If you cannot go at 100%, that would be great. Like, yeah, try like 50%. That'd be very helpful for me. Um, so I guess it kind of goes back to setting the boundaries with that too. Because you you want to expect that people, you know, can roll lightly with you. Um, but, you know, brand new white belt guys just may not know how yet. Flow rolling does take skill. Like you have to know how to flow roll. And we talk a lot about not rolling with the brand new white belt dudes because they don't have good control of their body. Um, so they might accidentally hurt you or they don't have good control of their ego. So if you do something well, they might come back too hard. But we, what we don't really ever mention is that they don't always have good awareness of the situation. So what I would like for them to be able to learn or know is if I start to panic that you ease up a little bit, you know, like yeah. I'd like for them to start to recognize, okay, she's struggling. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's back off just a little bit. Like, I don't have to get up. I don't have to stop rolling, but maybe just, you know, ease up a little, not smash so much, not go so hard. Like it's not necessary. Calm down. Meet me at my level a little bit. It's still something that that's a skill it has to be learned. And I don't know that that's necessarily limited to just the dudes too. Oh, no, no. Yeah. It's all of us white belts. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, like that's a, it's just one of those things to try and think about. It's hard because like in the day classes, it is mostly white belts. So it's, it, I can't give you the same advice of like, try not to roll with the brand new white belt dudes. Cause that's your option. <laughs> like, yeah. Which is fine. You just have to set expectations for yourself, for them, set good boundaries and be smart. Like be willing to walk away from a role. As a coach, how do you make sure that everyone is being evaluated equitably in a sport where it feels like a lot of times the women are starting behind, if even if it's just limited to strength and size? Yeah. You know, we've talked a lot about the pillars that we go by. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everybody's on their own journey. I don't expect you to move at the same pace that I would expect Mariah to. You know, Mariah is very young athletic, full of energy. So, you know, it's just going to be different. I can't grade you guys on the same scale. So just like I wouldn't grade you against one of the dudes, I wouldn't grade you against, you know, someone, you know, half my age. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, really? <laughs> um, yeah. It does have to be different. It has to be different. Now I know that not everyone's good at that. You know, like I know that there are schools that, basically think that everyone is the same and that you all have to live up to the same exact standards. I just, I think that we're all on our own journey. I think it has to be different. And that's why we have the pillars. So in case this is your first time hearing us, <laughs> <laughs> the basic pillars that I grade on are time in. So like how much mat time do you have? Level of knowledge for the technique. So like, can you show me a pendulum sweep? Can you show me, you know, like just different items um, in our curriculum, how well you roll with your peers and how well you compete. Those are the top four that kind of balance each other out. So if you never compete, 
you're probably going to spend a lot more time on the mat and need to be better with the techniques than it, you know, like if you compete a lot, you might progress faster from that. So it just has to kind of balance out. And then, you know, we also look at moral compass and continual improvement. I can still improve even as I age, you know, I'm probably stronger than I've ever been, you know, maybe going into pans last year was my strongest, but, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, you know, like I can still improve in various ways of my life and therefore I'm progressing, but yeah, it has to be individual. It cannot be against everyone else. Like it's just not that kind of sport. And I shouldn't keep you at white belt for a million years because you can't beat Mariah or something like that doesn't, it doesn't equate. That's really good to know. (laughs) (laughs) And it does get hard. You know, like you asked how I can evaluate everyone because, you know, I am always looking and I, you know, I take into account like, okay, when did that person start training? How long have they been training? How much do they really train during that time? I'll say, okay, this guy's been here six months. If we're just going time in, that's probably due for a stripe. Is he, you know, does he work during class? Is he actually practicing the techniques or does he mostly sit around and talk? Is he, you know, trying to roll with his peers? Cause like, if he's not rolling, if he's leaving every night and never rolling, then that's, that's not good. You know, like that gives me something else I can't evaluate. He hasn't competed. It's only six months, you know, like there's all these things. So like, I am looking at every part of that and I try really almost every class to evaluate everyone in class. So I'm thinking about those things and going down the line and going, okay, this is where I feel like she is. This is what I feel like she needs to work on. This is, and so at any time, almost, if you came up to me and was like, what do you feel like I need to do to improve? I've probably been thinking about it that day. This does not surprise me at all. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. It's funny because uh, James taught at IBJA last week and did some stripes and was like, you know, ask us if there's anything we need to improve on, whatever. And one of the guys came up to him after class and was like, you know, what do I need to work on? And all I could think was, you should be asking me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the one that teaches every night at IBJJA. Like, you should have asked me what I think you need to work on, because I'll tell you. (laughs) Like, James has been in endurance. He doesn't know what you need to work on. I do. Let's talk. (laughs) Uh In the beginning of the episode, you mentioned, um, you know, not feeling like you were worthy of the stripe. and, uh, you know, just having that imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw a girl post, I think in the Women's Grappling Network the other day, that she had gotten her purple belt and that she didn't mention it for the first week, like did not post about it because she felt like an imposter. She felt like she wasn't good to roll with. She wasn't, you know, working hard enough. She didn't feel like she deserved it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, to an extent, I would rather you have that attitude than be like, I should be the next belt. Like, why haven't I gotten my next belt? Like, that's a terrible attitude to have. (laughs) But, you know, like, so I would, I would rather you be humble and be like, you know, maybe I don't deserve this. But what I really want is for you to trust your coach. Like I said, I am evaluating you all the time. I'm thinking about like what you deserve. And I would never give you anything that you don't deserve. And I assume all coaches are like that. Like you're going, if you got something, you earned that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel worthy of that, rise to the occasion. That's the big thing. Like if you, if you're like, man, I was not ready for this purple belt, then you better train harder and get ready and 
become the purple belt. I like that. That is much better than the stories I make up in my head. Absolutely. We all do it. Yeah. We all make up stories, whether it's that we're not worthy or that people think we're not worthy, you know, like, oh, that's a good that one. Is. Yeah. 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 Because that's a lot of it. Like we're thinking like, what's everyone else going to think? Like, do they think that, you know, oh, I shouldn't have gotten this. It's no one else's business. You're on your own journey. <laughs> you might get something before someone else. It doesn't matter. We talk about not comparing ourselves to others. And so you can't compare yourself to anyone else on the mat. You can't feel like you left someone behind because you leveled up and they didn't. It's all individual journeys. Okay. I got to rise up now. Yeah. Do we have tips? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I actually do. I do. I do have Great. it on the mat. Great. On the mat tips or what I learned the hard way this week. And it was, so it was in one of those roles that I had and it was like, just be still because I felt myself getting exhausted and I felt that anxiety because I was getting smashed. I couldn't mm -hmm. really breathe because like the ghee was stuck in my face. And I was like, oh, this is bad. And I just kind of, rather than flailing around and panicking like I would normally do, I was like, okay, I'm just going to sit here. And some, I don't know if he moved or what happened, but like there was like enough space that I was like, oh, okay, I can breathe again. So I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And then I just, because before I totally would have tapped to that. Yeah, I'm like, I can't breathe. And then I'm going to get anxiety. And then I'm going to cry. So it's mostly yeah. tapping to the not crying, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, I understand that. So I magically like got my breath back and then just started to work my way out of it. And I was like, oh, it's amazing. Like this stuff actually works. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is sometimes like, like I said, what I mentioned earlier, like just turtling if you can, yeah. you know, like something where you're just like in that protective, calm state where you're like, if you're attacking me, you have to realize I'm not moving. <laughs> like, I imagine yeah. you're going to calm down because I'm not doing anything. <laughs> it was so weird. And, and to just be, because normally I, I don't think I have the awareness, but it was mm -hmm. like the awareness just popped in. I was like, oh, I'm going to be okay. And um, I'll figure this great. out. So yeah, that's great. And honestly, I feel like that's very early on in your career. Like I said, like it was probably at Pans was the first time I felt very aware, <laughs> <laughs> like at least in competition. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, probably more on the map, but like, that's a, that's a big step to just be able to be like, okay, I'm good here. Find my little pocket of air. It's good. I mean, it was probably purely accidental. We'll see if it happens again, but Something just felt different. It was very odd. Here's the thing. It's absolutely going to happen again. You've got that in you. And it might be because you have been like doing meditation and stuff more recently that maybe you just kind of found that piece. Yeah. We'll see what happens next. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have anything on or off the mats? It feels like my off the mat tip this week is just to take rest when you need it. And be okay with it. I am not good at being okay with it. <laughs> but I've I've had a lot of help this week of just people being like, it's okay to just do nothing, to like just take care of yourself and and not feel guilty about it. Because even if maybe I would have taken care of myself at times in the past, I would always have extreme guilt about it. Um, so just letting that go and taking the time to to recuperate and 
repair and just get healthy. That's a great off the mat tip. Thanks. And we need to give a shout out to David that emailed us with some really nice feedback about the podcast this week. So thank you for that. Yeah. Can we also mention Mighty Models Camp? Oh, gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, Role Model is um, partnering up with the Mighty Dames and we're doing a camp called Mighty Models. Let's do the Dame thing. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I love it, too. But, you know, we made it up. So (laughs) we think we're so clever. (laughs) That camp is August 27th through the 29th, which is the weekend before PANS. So my hope is because most people are going to fly in for PANS on Tuesday because it starts Wednesday. So my hope is that really they only have to take an additional day off work by taking Monday off and that they can come to camp first and yeah, just hang out with the heavyweights. So it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited for it. That sounds so much fun. Uh, I will have a link to that in the show notes. Thank you. And obviously you don't have to be doing PANS to come to camp. And you don't have to be a heavyweight. Like, so long as you are open to rolling with everyone, have an open mind, and that's what we want. All right. Thanks for listening. We would love to hear from you. We are hanging out on Instagram at Beauty and the Gee Podcast, and you can find me there at Brassy Broad Jen. And I'm AJ Clearman everywhere you go. And we will see you on, on the, the mat. mat.